welcome to Conversations About Life. <laughs> well, it's good to meet with you guys. Continue on. You're in the middle of something, Jeff? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Well, so, I don't feel at liberty to say everything, I guess, you know. I don't either, because I don't want to hurt mom and dad's feelings if something comes across wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> well, pull your mic a little closer to you, Cindy. I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is there like a way that we can restrict the audience of this thing and just have like a conversation with each other, but yet, you know, maybe we could. have... Um... We could, but that's no fun. All right, so... <laughs> I'm on. He's, I'm he's, with my sinner. My uh, sinner. <laughs> my sister. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is not starting off good at all. <laughs> and my uh, brother Jeff, and this is Jeff's first time on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Jeff. I've been avoiding this for a long time. <laughs> That's how it seems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought we would have a discussion about what it's like to grow up, what it was like to grow up in the Jackson home. So uh, we've asked our children for um, anything they wanted us to bring up, any questions and so forth. And there might be just other things that to bring up first. So maybe we'll get to the questions first after we kind of just talk about whatever we want to talk about. So um, let's just uh, start with you, Cindy. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> just because I was laughing doesn't mean I need Does to start. Do you have like a list of questions there? I got a list of topics. Oh, wow. Just oh, okay. not so much questions. That's a long list. It how, is. how long are we going to be here? That's why I'm providing nourishment, because I'm assuming this is going to go for a while. We've The really? the card has 15 hours and 19 minutes left of recording time left on it. Okay. 15 yeah. hours? Yeah, but we won't be here that long. I Good. wouldn't okay. think so. Go ahead, Cindy, you start. Wait, you didn't give me a topic. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? <laughs> well, first we'll just... Pick up our own topics, and then when we need more help, I'll suggest topics. So you can start off, and you can, you know, have your own topic as well, and then we'll we'll play off of it. Okay. Well, one of my daughters wanted to know about who was the worst driver, and I have to say, I'm not sure who the worst driver was, but I know that the best driver was me. <laughs> Probably so. But then I recall the time that I was trying to back down that driveway. Remember the driveway that we had? I remember that. Yeah. And I kind of got off, which was a big deal. Like you had to stay on the concrete. And I got off. And I got off so bad I didn't know how to fix it. And nobody was home. And I made the tire tracks up on Vince's, you mm-hmm. know, uh, lawn. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like somebody had just, you know, did an indie kind of car situation up there. Anyway, I remember that was not a good situation. But I do remember backing down the driveway and a lot of different scenarios happening that way, hitting the house. I didn't hit the house. I think you hit the house, right, Will? I don't remember hitting the house. I think you did. I might have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of what came to mind was, you know, that was one of the questions about who the worst driver was. I think we've all had situations, but I think you guys have had it more. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one that had a lot of the speeding tickets and things like yes, that. Yes, you did. And you fell asleep one time driving as well. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, when I was awake, I was a pretty good driver. Okay. Well, <laughs> that clarification, that distinction is important. <laughs> yeah. I know I was not a good driver. Um, I used to bump into stuff, but not going that fast. But I oh, remember yeah. being with you. Yes. Remember when we were like parking and you would bump into a car or something like that? I remember that. that, yeah. I remember that. 
You got, yeah. One time we were at the mall for a long time waiting for someone to come back out to their car because we had to hit it. I remember that. We went to White well, At least Jones. I was honest. You were. You were. That was like not so much teenager growing up. That was kind of more later in life, right? That, that was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you were as honest before, but at that point I was very impressed with you. Okay. Well, thanks. But, I remember one time we weren't honest. <laughs> I say we, I remember Will. <laughs> but we don't need to bring that up. Dwight Jones was with, was with us. I remember that. What are you, well, what are you talking about? I don't. You bumped into a little car at Tower T. <laughs> and, and what did I do? Kept going. <laughs> did I damage the car? No, I don't think so. But we didn't get out to check real close either. <laughs> well, I remember when Will did, this is when Will came back from the Navy, whenever he um, bumped into that car and he waited around. Mm-hmm. I was thinking something's real. I've been. Th- I was thinking about that for a good while about him because he was acting so different than what he normally did. Yeah. What was the difference, Will? Um, when I came home from the Navy. Yeah, that was when you came up to visit, and I thought, "Who oh. is this guy?" You know, this isn't my well, brother. A lot of things happened to me when I was eighteen. So um, I was converted. So I had like a spiritual experience mm-hmm. of, of um, kind of coming to the end of myself as far as just realizing I was a sinner, asking God to save me, experiencing his forgiveness, and having a new heart, new desires, and so forth. So it was the beginning of a growing period that way. Then I got married that same year, which you know gave me responsibility. Mm-hmm. Getting married changes a person. And then um, I joined the Navy, too, which um, that kind of took me out of my environment, which was probably helpful. <laughs> and... Um, and so, um, I guess, you know, so it was like it, that time was a, a period of growing time, I think, right there. And so I came home. I remember that. I think about that often, actually, because that I think that was really the start of a new relationship for you and I, too, you know, because I felt, well, I felt a lot of respect for you because I started just noticing changes and, and um, significant changes in who you were. And um, you also were a lot more approachable and friendly in wanting a relationship at that point, too, with me. Oh, cool. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) So I always think back about that because that was was a big testimony to me was just um, the changes that happened within you at that time. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess we got to get back to topic, though. Sorry. No, that's okay. I did my topic, and I think it led to some really great conversations. So you're next, Jeff. Like the driving thing, Oops, um, here we go. <laughs> the problem I had when I was a kid was just like, what happens if I'm on a slick street, snow and ice, and I just gun it, you know, like, and I found out, you know, so that Are was my Are you serious? Problem. That was part of your thinking? Yeah, like just what happens in this situation? What happens in that? And it, it doesn't always end oh, up boy. Yeah. nice. I was pretty reckless when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I was not. <laughs> I was a good driver. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I believe that. Okay. <laughs> Your turn, Jeff. Your topic. You got the mic. Um, so the pressure is on. Yeah. So I don't have any questions from Amelia or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just supposed to talk about when we were kids and what it was like growing up. Yeah. So from my perspective, um, I always felt close. Cindy was more approachable. 
you know, at that point. And we were closer to age and everything, too. Yeah. Um, but I remember Cindy and I doing a lot of things because we had chores and everything else to do. And we would always make those chores fun. So our house was pretty rigid, you know. And whenever, like, dad was around, you had your appropriate way to act and your boundaries and everything else that you had. And, um, and so we had different chores to do, and it was fun when Cindy and I would do different chores because we could kind of just be ourselves. So one of the things I remember about being a kid was cleaning the bathroom downstairs. Oh, yeah. And we were the fungus, the mungus twins. That's right. And I, I think she was fungus and I was mungus, or it was the other way around. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm not sure. I think sure. we had songs to go along with it. I remember coming up with different raps mm-hmm. that we would have mm-hmm. and, and different songs. Um, I also remember um, learning all the Girl Scout camp songs <laughs> because we would um, do dishes. We didn't have a dishwasher or anything like that. So we would do dishes and we would sing. I think we, we did, sing. but it was broken for the significant portion of our lives. Anyway, go ahead. I don't even remember having one. So we would always Oops. do dishes. Didn't we? Okay. Well, and, we'll um, fact check that one, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, okay. So I do have a story about being a kid, about um, the torture that um, my brother and sister did put me through. I remember when we were doing... dark, Because heavy. I think it's good for people just to know these things, you know, and to know the reason why I am like I am, you know, so I'm trying to find Flamer. excuses. But um, I remember us doing dishes. And so somehow in my head, I had this... This, you know, as you're doing it, you're always put do games to make chores a little bit better. So the game was oh, how high could I stack I up the cups, the glasses? Exactly what you're talking about. And I told my girls this story over the Christmas holidays. Because really? It, yes. So I stacked the them up really high, yep. you know, and I was so proud of it too. Then I went <laughs> to put away the glasses. Well, you had the cabinet door right there. So when I went to open up the cabinet door, it hit the glasses, which were higher than what the <laughs> Door, you know, which were too high, and knocked them all over and broke all of these glasses. Will, do you remember this? Because mom and dad weren't home. They were not home. No, and um, I don't remember like doing dishes. Like, did I do dishes? You were there too. Okay. So I was small. I was probably five. Or did I actually like that. wash dishes? I think you did at different times. But here's what you said to me one time: that you always did such a bad job that you wanted mom to never ask you again. <laughs> So you were very strategic, and uh, you did get out of doing dishes a lot. But I think I had washed this time, and Jeff was drying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so yeah, because it usually was two of us. So yeah. I was drying, and I was stacking them all up. Then yeah. I went to put them away, knocked them over, that whole stack that I was so proud of. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I think you came in there, because I remember this too, but I remember you guys telling me, that because I was scared of what mom and dad were going to do when they got home, you know, <laughs> you broke every single glass. I was I was so had. terrified of this, and then um, you guys started proceeding to tell me that I was going to have to like buy and you know buy glasses for them to replace, <laughs> you know, buy all the glasses. So I said that um, we said, both did. And yeah, he started you, crying and said he was going to have to get a job. <laughs> I was terrified, so I was like, you know, I'm five years old. I was going to have to get a job and everything okay, else. You were older than that. I don't think so. Yes, you were. I was young. I think I was like in middle school when this no. happened. Okay. I'm serious. Like I think you I think you were young, but say at least seven. I could possibly Because we were be home by ourselves. So it was young. Wow, seven. Um just a second now. Yes. Don't say anything. Look over to Cindy. Now look back. Look over to Cindy. You gotta get take that jacket off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear it. I hear it. 
Is your beard scratching against your collar? <laughs> and also, this table squeaks, so just be careful hitting okay. the table. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, we're back. Okay. So carry that's, on. that's a story. <laughs> that's a story I have. Okay, I have but lots of the end stories. of the story is really good though, because Grandma Jackson heard about this. And her, out of her kindness and mercy and tenderness towards you, when we went down to see them the next time, she had bought a whole set of glasses. Hmm. Because she didn't want you to have to go get a job and pay for them. <laughs> Will, do you remember us spying on you at times? No, I don't remember that. Oh, we were good at it. So, um, yeah, so we had the clothes shoot, you know, so it connected the upstairs to the downstairs. Okay. Oh, yeah. And we would open up that clothes chute. And I think, Cindy, you were probably up at the top, and I was down at the bottom. And we would talk to each other, and we would spy on you and things like that. The clothes chute went down to what area in the basement? The bathroom bathroom. downstairs. Okay, right. Yeah. But we would, like, you know, spy on, because you didn't want to have anything to do with us right then at that time. (laughs) I know, I didn't. Um, Yeah, so. We were pesky. No, that was was pretty... um, yeah, I do remember that. That's you know, you know, and this takes us to a really important question that we probably should take some time to ponder. Why do houses not have closed shoots anymore? Because essentially, it eliminated all needs for hampers. And what you did was you would just go down and open that thing up, and clothes would just fall down like rain, and then you throw them in your washing machine. That's right. a genius idea, which we do it not is- have anymore. I mean. I could see it also being hazardous that preschoolers and small animals would go down there as well. But it was pretty small, so it was, it was hard to get in there. It was just like this little door in that hallway. Do you remember outside of mom and dad's bedroom? I kind of remember yeah, now that you mentioned it. We would just go it. in there and just throw it. It had a little down. trap door down at the bottom, and you right. would take the pin out, and then uh-huh. that door would fly open, and all the clothes would, sh- you mean, know. It's stinking genius, and yeah. I don't use that word lightly. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay, but Will, now it's your turn to have a topic. Yeah. um, One topic might be like um, the pets we had. We had a dog named Grumpy. And uh, one thing Dad would say is, like, when you're going to pick out a dog, pay attention to their name. So if their name is like something like Grumpy, that might tell you something, and maybe you shouldn't pick that one. He was the best dog. Grumpy was great. He He was was grumpy. grumpy. He was grumpy. At, he had an attitude. Yeah. He and when did. he turned grumpy, you just knew you had to let him let him kind of work through it on his own. Yeah. Yeah. We also had the cat TC, which Yeah. Dad found. We yeah, we had lots of pets though. Do you I mean I remember I can't even tell you like how many times, and this is like a great memory that dad would call mom up and say, Tell the kids I'm bringing home a surprise. And it would be bunnies. Dogs, Randy and Sandy. Right. Yeah. And that was pretty exciting. That was more when we were like in the city. In Accomack, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as we got older, we had less. So, you know, after Grumpy, there wasn't another dog. And after TC, there wasn't another cat. You know, well, you guys were gone by the time TC was there. I was gone too because they took TC down to the country then. Oh, yeah. But when he came, we were younger. I was like 13 or 14, I think, when we got TC. But he was the last one that we had during our. Childhood. Right. That's right, because he was the mother had abandoned him down at the. Um, mm-hmm. Down yeah. at the. Oh, that's work. No, there was Bugs the bunny. We got oh, him yeah. too. Bugs mm-hmm. was. Um, oh wait, be- no, maybe that was retro. Maybe that was. Didn't Tim get that bunny, and then it came to you, then it came to me, and then Dad gave it, it came, to a customer. It came to you, and then it got lost. 
or you gave it to me basically after I think it was because um, you got kind of tired of cleaning it up after it. Well, he ended up spending, he got out and he was my bunny when he got out and he ended up spending significant time at the daycare. And then when he came back, you had him for a little bit and then you transferred ownership to me. But before I got married and moved out, dad said I had to find a new home for it. And I did. And he took it to a customer of his that wanted it, which I'm always still concerned that bugs might have become food. But he, he was a sizable rat. <laughs> he was beautiful. He was, yeah. was black with the white paw, remember? Yeah, the kids named him Michael Jackson. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. You were gone by this time. When we had bugs? Yeah, but I really, th- I, yeah, but I really thought t- he started off with Tim Crocker. Didn't Tim Crocker have, see, I remember it differently. Tim Crocker had him. He gave him to you. You got tired of him and wasn't going to give him away. And I took him. And then that's when the whole thing, he got out. Hmm. Then he went up the street. And then uh, Mikey Strathman or somebody gave him to the preschool. I think it was up. um, No, it was up up at the top. At the top. Oh, it was this little kid named Nathaniel. Yes. He came to the preschool. And then Mikey Strathman started going to the preschool. Or someone from the preschool told Barb Strathman the story. And then he, uh, let's just say this, he made it in the paper. Okay. The story was so complex and beautiful that he, there was a picture of bugs in the paper. And he stayed, he stayed there with them for, uh, I think, the entire winter. And then I started volunteering at that preschool, so I would go bring him carrots. Well, I think we started taking them just during the summer. Yeah. Then, and then or we the, got rid of them. Or, or we the took winter. them. We, we, when we found out, we took right. them back, and it was we just did. during the summertime, I think, that we took them back. Winter. Winter time that we took them? We took him up to the preschool during the winter. Oh, I no, but yeah. he came back to us. Oh, yeah, at our yeah, house. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and then he ended up going. Like I said, Dad found him. Yeah, Dad, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it's neat that you guys had a close relationship. So I don't know if you know I have paid enough attention just to really realize the relationship you guys had. I taught up. him how to tie his shoes. So really, there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember Cindy having you know interest in me when I was little, and I think there was a little bit of a at least I was bonding you know, bond it there because yeah. of that. I remember I was a little more um, scared of you at certain times. Yeah. You know? Okay, right. but here's the thing, though. Whenever we played, like, bad guy, good guys, cops, and robbers, and like that, you guys always ganged up against me, and I always had to be the bad person. No matter how hard I tried not to be, you guys were always the superheroes, and I was always the villain. And I just remember some of that a little bit. But I do remember, I mean, if you have three kids, it's always two against one. This is exactly why people should, okay, this is exactly why people should not have three children. Okay. Have an even number. Two or four or six or or eight eight. (laughs) (laughs) or 10 (laughs) or 12. Listen, if anybody has an odd number, they need to fix it right now. Okay. I remember (laughs) some of your cars that you had. Oh, yeah. So you had the one car that um, we had a little bit of wood on the back seat. And I remember sitting back there and you kind of had to hold your feet up because your feet could go through the floor because it was rusted out. Oh, my car. Oh, wait, wait. um, I see. Right. You're talking about. I'm thinking Matchbox cars. No, 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 no. no. You're like legit vehicles. Legit cars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You had that old Camaro. Right. This is all kind of later in life, like I said, Navy and stuff. Yeah. Was that in the Navy? Yeah. My first car was a. 60-something yeah. um, Plymouth Valiant. It was yeah, blue. that blue, big, mm. that powder blue one. It was powder blue. It had a 100 cubic inch, six-cylinder slant six in it. Yeah, I remember It was that. a cool-looking car. Three-speed on the column. But yep. you guys, you wrecked it, though, right? I did wreck it, yeah. We turned it over. Yeah. Turned it over. Oh, that's one. Yeah. Turned it over um, Ron Susan's house. 
Right. Yeah. 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 We turned it over going backwards down our hill. <laughs> went to the ditch. It, it went on its side. We climbed out the side window so it didn't go completely over. Yeah. What, what was childhood like for you? Yeah. Good um, question, Jeff. Turn the page. I don't know. Um, one thing, like, um, so this is kind of common knowledge, so I, I do, um, so it's not like a surprise to people. Like, when I tell people my story, one thing I say is, like, I was hateful to my siblings. <laughs> 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 and, um, like, one thing that uh, I did, that the thing that kind of got to me, like, the most um, that I can re- recall of, like, myself that I didn't like about myself is that when we walked to school, Cindy, uh, I walked I ahead of you. And you would I didn't leave walk. me. I'd leave you. Yeah. And I always felt bad about doing that, but I just kept on doing it. <laughs> and I um, I think it was like a pride thing. Like if I stopped doing it, then it would be like admitting that I was wrong or oh. something. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, yeah. sorry about that. Thank you. I forgive you. So was well, that in the city? Yeah. That was in Coral. Yeah. Oh, no, a... no, it was in the city. Coral. Um, I'm walked, talking about Coral. But when we walked to the bus stop, yes. Bus stop. But yeah. when we were little, you would run off and leave me when we had to walk to Shenandoah School. I don't and remember I would that. cry. Okay, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going way back. Yeah. I remember walking to the bus stop on Coral. We would pass the man who sat in his driveway and looked out. He was always right inside the garage door up at the top of the hill. Do you remember him? Yeah, uh uh-huh, I do. He comes to mind quite a bit because he was just always there and he was just had a real somber look, like, not like he was totally sad, but I mean, it's like when you just see someone consistently just sitting on a chair Mm -hmm. real still looking out. Mm -hmm. Was that Bill? I don't know what we never talked to him. I think okay. sometime we would wave and he'd wave back. But. Yeah, um, I don't ever remember talking to him. You're okay. thinking Bill? He was on the other. Did the guy have uh, the guy you're talking? Because there were several people that sort of fit that description, but um, the guy with the dark hair and the dark glasses. I don't know. I don't remember. Was him he close glasses. to the bus stop or just yeah. at the top? Yeah, that is that was him. Yeah. And he sat inside his garage, right. but at the door. Right. Yeah. I, I do. I ended up actually talking to him a few times when I was cutting the grass. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He was a nice guy, quiet. He was very quiet. He's very quiet. I think he may have passed away while we were there, and um, if I'm remembering I right. I don't remember. And then his, you know, he just wasn't in his place after mm. that. So. Hmm. Um, what else do I remember about childhood? Um. I remember TV a lot, and I kind of feel like I wasted a lot of my childhood watching TV. Like, um, so this has been my thought. Um, like, our parents didn't have a whole lot of TV growing up, probably. Um, I realized that they had more than I thought, maybe. But um, so they, um, but we had it, we had the TV, so we could just indulge in TV sitcoms when we get home from school and stuff like that. And then me growing up in that, I kind of see, you know, the waste of it. So I'm Mm -hmm. pretty conscious about that with my own children. Mm -hmm. So like, um, we don't have a TV, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I think we've benefited by not having a TV. Um, And I wonder sometimes, what are my children going through? Because they're the first generation to experience it, that they will 
having gone through it in childhood will like see my children are not going to do this or something yeah. like that. You that know? Is, I wonder a, what it would be. You know, I kind of wonder if we swing to the other like yeah like. We we experience one thing and then we swing to the other extreme sometimes, you know. Yeah. Because I think about that with dad. Dad had like not a lot of rules when he was growing up. You know, mm-hmm. grandpa was pretty loose with things. Mm-hmm. And then he swung to the other side where everything was really structured, rigid, mm-hmm. you know, and things yeah. like that. He was a disciplinary person where grandpa wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think about the TV. I mean, I think that is good, though, when you have situations like that, instead of just being responsive to be intentional about them, right? So you made an intentional choice based on your childhood or what you learned. And um, I think that that's just like the most important thing. Like no one's going to raise us perfect. We weren't perfect parents. We weren't raised by perfect parents. But just knowing that there's good and there's bad Mm -hmm. and then just trying to intentionally prayerfully look through that and utilize that in your life. So, I mean, I did, I did, I made a conscious decision with my kids about TV, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. Monday through Thursday, no TV at all ever, uh, unless it was like the Olympics or something like that. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I really did enjoy about our childhood was on Saturday mornings, how dad would always sit on the couch with us and watch cartoons. Yeah. I loved that. And so like, I didn't want to not have that experience with my kids and I personally love cartoons. So I, you know, I was trying to kind of find the middle ground there a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. yeah. cartoons. I used yeah. to wake up early. That. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Looney Tunes was like so good? <sighs> and it, it was always the same ones every weekend because there wasn't a whole lot of them. No. You know, so you'd watch the same thing over again. Right. And you knew them all by heart. And you got desperate when they were over and you would kind of switch to Channel 9 for a little bit and you're like, no, forget it. I'll go outside and play. Right. <laughs> Because Channel 9 cartoons were not nearly as good as what we were watching, like, you know, Speed Racer and all those other ones. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of like the the drama type of things like Scooby-Doo and Speed Racer stories. I think Dad was more into, like, the comic Looney Tunes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm telling you, one of my most disappointing things ever was how much... We love Speed Racer, right? You know, Racer X and Trixie and Chim Chim and Spridal. I mean, we don't want... Okay, and Steve, of course. And the Mach 5. Come on. That's an amazing car. But I remember one time, my really good friends Todd and Kimberly and Fred, we all talked about how much we love Speed Racer. So we went out as adults and watched it again. We couldn't even watch one episode. It was so bad. I did the same thing. So bad. I was like, this is not what I remember. No. I mean, it is like the worst cartoon ever. 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 And I think it was like made like in Japan or something like that. So like Hmm. it doesn't even, the responses aren't even like Steve's always like, "Eh." And then they're crying with the water like shooting out of their right, eyes. Right. Yeah. And I was one of the ones like where the Mach 5 like went underwater and like became like a submarine. I was like, oh, let's do that one. Or the time that the Mach 5 came out and they had like those saws on the end. He was cutting through trees yeah. in the woods. I'm like, let's watch that one. I'm like, no, forget it. it I want nothing like, more. I want my memories stay. <laughs> it's it's like I remember, you know few years ago when Amelia would watch different types of TV shows and it was it was like some of this is just torture but she would love it you right know? right I, that's kind of what I think with Speed Racer is that you know as a kid we loved it and it, we viewed it differently but then right. when you watch it back again it's torture to it watch it's torture yeah because yeah. all these kids that grew up with everybody loves Raven on the Disney Channel they're gonna have the same experience mm. when they watch it with their <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst show or one of you know one of those little kid shows that has like no content so 
So, so Will, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, so, how? Uh, what are we? Five or six years? Five years different in age, something like that. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So five years. Thank you, Cindy. <laughs> so like five years different. Um, and then Cindy, what are we? Uh, three. Three. Three years different. Okay. So a little closer there in age mm-hmm. for you and I, Cindy, than um, you and I will. So, um, you know, my, you know, when you were at that age, when I started getting to a certain age, when I'm like remembering things, recalling, you know, like my first memories are when I was really about four and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember that. So if I'm four, you know, you're going to be nine. Um, and so, you know, I know my memories of you at a certain age where you were kind of standoffish, you know, and, um, um, and you weren't, you know, like we didn't do things too much together. Mm-hmm. You know, we did things together when there were other people around. Okay. Yeah. So when you were growing up, and so Cindy's three years, two years difference in age than you. Mm-hmm. 18 months to be exact. 18 months. <laughs> what was it like for you whenever you have memories of a little sister? You know, was there, did you like having a little sister? And were you, you know, what was like your relationship with Cindy at that time? You know, I don't remember. Um, I remember when the cousins came over, like Dina and Gwen. Oh, that was always fun. Oh, we played Clue Club. (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) Based on a cartoon that we saw on Saturday mornings. Yeah. So we'd play uh, together then. When it was just me and Cindy, I don't really remember, you know, it's hard to remember. I don't remember playing a whole lot together. I remember one time we were in the back seat of the car going somewhere. And um, I thought I was funny, and I was trying to um, be funny, and she was laughing at me. And I don't know if she was just really thought I was funny or if she was just (laughs) entertaining me, you know, doing it for my sake. But um, I remember that. I remember um, Dad saying something like, uh, or Mom, or Dad, I think it was Dad saying something, do you think your brother's funny or something like that? But but I don't remember... um, I can kind of faintly remember us interacting and playing some, um, but yeah, I don't hmm. know. So, um, uh, there was like, we were closer in age, um, so I didn't think of her as like a little, you know, when she was born, a cute baby and stuff like that. Now, when you came up, there was more separation between me and you, so when you were born, and I kind of remember maybe i remember pictures um of you and your little baby sleeper and stuff i thought oh he's a cute little fellow i remember <laughs> my first memory actually is of dad and mom telling us that we're going to have a that there was going to be another baby that's my first memory we were up in hmm. their bedroom in acmac and i remember we were in there and dad said something and then my next memory is you actually coming home from the hospital i remember waiting with grandma Laramore at the front door because they were going to be home at a certain time or whatever. And then I remember mom bringing you in and you had a blue sleeper on and laying you down like a crib, which I think was, it seemed like the crib was like in our dining room or something, what later became our dining room. And I remember you crying and me being like really concerned that you were crying. And then I remember, yeah. And then I remember, I remember dad walking down the street, you know, pulled the car 
And then I remember we were one time um, at the babysitter's house, Mrs. Held, and she was doing something to you and she was making you cry. And I remember I was so upset (laughs) and I don't know what was happening, but you probably were just crying anyway. And I remember I told mom... (laughs) Because I was upset <laughs> that you were crying in someone else's care, but those those are my first memories. Hmm. Some yeah. of my earliest memories are actually have Mrs. Hell's in in there because I used to when I was little. Oh wait, no, not Mrs. Hell, Mrs. Greer. Okay, Mrs. Hell was our next door neighbor. Right, right. Yeah, I used Sorry. to like stick my feet over. Yes, you know, and she used to. I loved her. Yeah, yeah. She, she was used to the do best. little piggies on my toes. Yeah, yeah, she did it for all of us, and we would we would say, "Do it again, do it again." And she would. She was the sweetest lady. She was. We were so blessed to have. Like we had some amazing neighbors growing yeah. up. You know, some of the things that you know we're talking about, mom and dad, and one of the things that I um, really appreciate was um, how often we would have company. Yeah, and how much fun that was! It was fun. So they would do that all the time, Mm -hmm. and it just seemed like it was a different environment where we would have company over, and it was so much fun. You know, you talked about like Dina, um, you know, our cousins coming over, so we had Dina Uh and Gwen coming over, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was at those times that, like, I know as being smaller, I was included into different things. You know, oh, not yeah. at the same level, but you know, with the Clue Club, I got to play the dogs. I was right. able to go around and bark around. Okay. You know? right. Speaking of company, I remember that a lot of times mom and dad would have people over and like, you know, we would go down. Mom would always make like a delicious pie or whatever. We would get to eat that and then we'd have to go upstairs. And I remember that we would get kind of bored. And I don't know if you remember this, Jeff, or you do, but we would dress Jeff up in some ridiculous outfit usually as a girl, and then we would send him downstairs and just wait for a response. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I remember you dressing me up. I remember one Halloween when you dressed me up and really got into it. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. I only went to one house that year. Yeah, okay. I think I kind of... That was over on Coral, though, right? That was in Coral, yeah. yeah. But no, I remember... We did that quite that a bit. That was when I was too small to be embarrassed, I think, at that point. Yeah, you didn't know. You just toddled. You just went down the steps. You were old enough to go down those big steps, but no, you you did. And But we did... We went through a spell where we did that a bunch, and we would get more and more bizarre. And then one time, though, you got mad at us. <laughs> Because we were kept changing the outfits, and you essentially had nothing on but your underwear, and then you went downstairs. <laughs> and I think that might have put it into it for a while. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> I that. Dress you up anymore. My memories over in Akamak, you know, I have quite a few memories, but some of them are a little bit. Fuzzy we were in kindergarten. I was when you left, so that's pretty right. young. I think I had just turned five. Hmm. Well, no, we, we moved in. We no. moved in like January or February. Because it was freezing. Okay. Remember, everything was frozen. Those front steps were like covered with ice. Okay, so I turned five in September. So I was... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, I think that's one of the really nice things was that we did have so many amazing people like through church and through our neighbors and mom and dad always did a really great always job of like... Yeah, over. inviting people yeah. over and being very sensitive to that and inviting people over that... You know, wasn't always just like the same people over and over again. Yeah. I mean, we had some, right? But mm-hmm. it was like a variety of people who I think they really used hospitality in their home and the and boat. The boat. And, and the boat. Yeah, the right. things that God had given them to really be um, mm-hmm. inclusive. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like something that sometimes is missing, right? We tend to just keep gravitating towards the same people and over and over again because it makes us comfortable and it's easy. But when you are that inclusive of others and the differences and people who are not like you, and I think some of my best memories came when we would... um, we would work with different refugee families. Yeah. You know, I remember one of my first memories are from the family from India. And they had like the four (laughs) boys and the girl who was 
like a little older than me, but I remember we would go to their house, they would come to our house and we had, you know, different people from Cambodia and Thailand and Vietnam and, and things like that or in Laos. And so I really always thought that was such a neat thing that, um, and I, you know, that really impacted me just seeing that, you know, there was a language difference, a cultural difference, but yet those people really, for that time period when they were in our lives, they really essentially kind of came part of our family. Summer missionaries, we would always have over, we'd have those swimming parties, things like that. Whenever we had a revival or something, I always loved it, not so much for the revival aspect, but... For the Sunday dinner, you know, oh, yeah. afternoon, you know, Mom after church dinners. Bread. Oh, yeah. yeah, the homemade bread. Mom the, was so the G- yeah, yeah. Good at Mom, at I remember we'd always have the, that manicotti that was so oh, good, yeah. and then the Jesus bread. That's what we called it because it was whole wheat. And then um, I, I, I remember done. Jack Keller, the pastor. Um, oh yeah, Pastor Keller. Yeah. So he, I think he loved revivals just as much as I did too because he loved <laughs> eating mom's food. <laughs> And he'd come over there and did. I just remember him and like mm-hmm. he would be sweating as he's eating and everything and patting his head, you know. And he'd just keep on going on <laughs> and going on. That. And you never see someone have so much joy yeah. eating. <laughs> I think he really liked that Watergate salad that mom used to make. That I, green he stuff. just he would go on and go on yeah. and go on, but was he was good. just into it. Yeah, it was good. I remember um, some of the best uh, feelings I've had would be I didn't like school, so like a Sunday night after church. When we were, that we, you know, mom and dad invited a family over with kids, mm-hmm. and we didn't have school the next day. It was like all of it just coming together. Right? <laughs> the most beautiful storm. Yeah. No, but also, like, the Sunday nights at the church, we would go out a lot of times yeah. with people, or we would go grab, like, ice cream at, you know, mm. Dairy Queen, or yeah, we'd have, like, a bunch of people over. But it seemed like mom and dad did take a lot of opportunities whenever we didn't have, you know, school or things to have. To have people over, but yeah, they, I, I mean, I don't know anybody who's utilized the blessings that God has given them to share with others. Probably better than mom and dad. They've always done a good job with that. And then you know, the boat was obviously a. Mm-hmm. Every weekend we would have someone. Yeah. It was rare that we yeah, didn't have a right. guest with us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that was extra work and you know all kinds of stuff to have people out there. But I think it was also like a they enjoyed it. Well, Dad seemed like a different person too. Whenever we had people over and everything he was it seemed like things were lighter for him so i think he definitely enjoyed it it seemed like mm. you maybe know? easier to get your mind off of whatever was yeah so it was always i mean i yeah. it was that that was the best that, that was some of the best memories was the guests that we would have over company things like that and i always looked forward to it yeah well let's go through a list of like um you know, like lightning round type of things, like you oh, were mentioning, okay. Cindy. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll just kind of give a comment on these different topics. And if we hit something like, you know, we let's just stop, let's just stop on this for a little bit and uh, linger a little longer, then just, you know, let's, we'll do that. So just let me know if anything. But let's start with like, you know, um, pastors, teachers, influence, show people in your childhood, like who... Who would that be for you guys? Like, Cindy? Can I only give one name? No, you can give some more than one. Okay. I would say, like, Ann Kilzer. Okay. Uh, Beth Hackworth. I sat next to her in the choir, and she was just, like, one of the most, like, she just poured love into you. Hmm. Uh, Ann Kilzer, I learned a lot about the Bible, and there was no question that Ann, I didn't feel comfortable asking Ann. She was just so non judgmental and supportive. Uh, of course, Jim and Carol Struby, they were amazing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say like younger probably was like Mrs. Held and some people like that who just, you know, loved on us. So mm-hmm. 
I mean, I would say those are people like outside our family, right. but it, so kind of all going sort of goes to church people, I guess. Right. Yeah. Jeff. So when, when I was growing up, um, so things were a little bit different for me, I think, than for you guys too, mm-hmm. because of the age difference. Yeah. And then also the church was in decline. Mm-hmm. So um, there wasn't as many people around a lot of times when I was a little bit older. But, you mm-hmm. know, I remember Jim Struby a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the you RAs. Know, so RAs <laughs> and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, um, Danny Grimager oh, yeah. when I was older. Yep. And, um, and really, I was the only youth at that time at the church. And yeah. we would do Danny, things. Is there anybody on the face of the earth that is nicer than Danny Grimmage? Probably not. <laughs> just genuinely, oh. just such a, a, a loving person. Yeah. You know? And then I would think as far as like shaping me when I was younger, it was, um, you know, uh, I think I needed at, at certain times just someone to give me a little self-worth that I was, mm-hmm. you know. And so there, there were people like, you know, um, Mrs. Hell and things like that was mm-hmm. was so sweet. Um, um I'm having a, a brain lock here. Um, oh my goodness! This of is neighbors? Bad. No, of of aunt, and uncle, um, our great aunt and uncle, uh, Uncle C. Aunt Lee. Oh my goodness! So Aunt Lee, um, I think. I'm sorry. Aunt, <laughs> aunt Lee was just you know I, I loved them being around and she oh, was yeah. so sweet, so sweet, so sweet. Both of them were great, mm-hmm. but she was so sweet and there was something that it's like um, spoke to me with her. You know, and Uncle Buell too. Uncle Buell was um, was a um, didn't you know? I don't remember talking to him a whole lot, but he would just come around and he would put his hands on your shoulders, um, and oh, he always you're right. I forgot about that. He always seemed it was it was something that would just like nourish my soul. You know, it was just something that I needed. Where he would basically tell you in a nonverbal way that you were special and he cared about you, and yep. Um, yep. And he was so, he was just, I loved being around him. Yeah. yeah. You know, any type of opportunity I had. Can I add one to this? Too? Sure. Besides our aunts and uncles, because they were all phenomenal. We were blessed to have just yeah, so many amazing absolutely. aunts and uncles. Like everybody from Uncle Jerry, Aunt Neil, Aunt Betty, I mean, and I'll see all of them. Okay, Uncle Tommy. But um, Wendy and Carol Sapp, mm-hmm. I would say just like their like dedication to serve people, that really spoke to me as a young, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm Carol sorry. Sapp was really cool. Um, so, so Carol wasn't outgoing like Wendy, you know, but I remember, and this was again when the church was kind of like in decline a little mm. bit there, but like Carol and I would just be working in the nursery together. And I liked spending time with Carol because Carol treated you like you weren't a kid. She just treated you like she would treat That's anybody. That's a really good point. You're right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much so that I think I was 13 or 14 when she was letting me drive her car around the parking lot <laughs> around the church. I think I was 13, maybe, you know? Yeah. The church parking lot wasn't big. <laughs> yeah. And then Danny Grimager, I remember I was 15, I think, um, and or 14 maybe then, too. And he was letting me drive his Honda okay. in the streets of So St. we're Louis. coming full circle here as to why you guys are such bad drivers. <laughs> and so, Will, you're, who was you're right. in your life? We, we'll, we'll answer. Well, um, Grandpa Lairmore, in just mm-hmm. his transparency, mm-hmm. made an impression on me because he, you know, there was no, um, like, from what he was thinking, you knew because it came out of his mouth. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I like that. Um, Jim Struby, because of the way he um, just spent time with us mm-hmm. young fellas, and, uh, and he was also, you know, like a young man himself, strong in wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, someone to who, who I admired, but also... Um, just the love and care he's shown, time he spent with us. Um, 
In fact, I have like kind of a funny story about Jim Struby. So um, we were in like his Wednesday night Bible RAs, class. RAs, Royal Ambassadors. Yeah, Royal Ambassadors class. And he's teaching us from the Bible somewhere. And we come across a Bible passage and the, the word circumcision is mentioned. <laughs> and he says, um, and you guys know what that means, okay? And then we just, he, he's just wanting to go on. <laughs> And I think maybe me or someone said, no, we don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tried to um, explain it. And, he tr- and all I remember is some, drawing some pictures no on the whiteboard. Way, really? <laughs> but I did not get at all what he was drawing. So nothing came across to me. <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember that. I so, that. Um, so, you know, I'll throw out, I didn't need to. Because I know I'm going to be thinking about this later on. It's like all these people are going to be coming to my I mind. I know. It's like, you know, but John Dodd, I have to throw out there oh, gosh, too. Oh, yes. So yeah. John was like a brother, um, mm-hmm. an older brother. But uh, the way that he made me feel special and included me into everything mm-hmm. was something. So there was so much I was able to do being little because I knew, because mom and dad trusted him, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, he wanted me to be there and he would always take care of me. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do a lot. So it was, you know, that really enhanced my childhood a lot. Yeah. Um, and then as far as my spiritual walk and really things when I was being pulled away from God later on in life, things that kind of like were like, would draw me back, you know, um, one was mom and her consistency throughout. So I remember her, um, I remember just being, this just like memories just stuck to me, um, how she would, she would be on her knees in her room and the door would be cracked. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking in there and she'd be on her knees, you know, and she'd be doing her quiet time, you know, mm-hmm. reading the Bible and things, but she'd be on her knees praying. Yep. And, um, and I knew she was praying for us too. She was always such a prayer warrior. Yeah. And I remember sitting next to her in church and, um, and she would have tears as the pastor would be talking and she's, you know, going through things and, and, you know, just her tender heart towards Christ and everything just really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, another memories were with, with grandpa Laramore and, and um, grandma Laramore of when I would spend the night over there and they would always have their prayer time mm-hmm. with each other. And it was such a unique prayer time. Mm-hmm. So we'd all be down on our knees praying, um, around their coffee table and um, their prayer was so dynamic because they would both be going at the same time, talking out loud, mm-hmm. you know, and um, feeding off of each other as they were praying. Mm-hmm. And so they were such prayer warriors mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. then I just remember them at the end of their lives, too. Mm-hmm. And that's, that would stand out to me about their consistency and about the hope that they had and the genuine faith that's coming out at that point. They were so consistent. And even grandma, when she was not like all there, she's singing song about going home and the joy, you know, that she would have, um, Mm -hmm. and singing those songs. So those Mm -hmm. things stood out to me and made big impact as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. Um, and there's probably a thousand other people we could yeah, we could absolutely. do this. This right. could be the rest of the podcast because I feel like we're really blessed, like yeah. that we had so many phenomenal people in our lives, but also that mom and dad allowed that. Like yeah. we were a, an open family, and other people sort of coming in and having the the ability to be able to influence. You know, that's that's something that you permit or you don't permit. Remember <laughs> Jerry? You know, Jerry Crocker was always Uncle, Uncle Jerry, Jerry was so great to be around. <laughs> um, he just lets you be a kid. 
Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah, he was. The and best. there was like a safety there with him. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember um, after Grandpa Larimore died, uh, Grandma Larimore, like sometimes before she would get up, you could hear her praying in her room. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that. but mm-hmm. um, Okay, so what was your childhood hobby, Cindy? I don't know. Like, I remember mom and dad got me one time this little organ that had like 20 keys on it. And I remember yeah. liking to play that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I was a real relational person. So I would say like my hobbies would probably, you know, just like wanting to be with other people. Yeah. So I don't know if there was anything that I particularly thought, oh, I, I want that or whatever. I, I don't know. I remembered I really liked the fact that you made models and I didn't know how to make models. And I eventually would always buy all of them or trade for all of them. For so, my models? Mm-hmm. Okay. The best one was that big Corvette Stingray that you made. The silver one. I kind of remember that? that, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a great one. Anyway, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I would say it was just probably like playing with friends and stuff like that. I, I really liked like boating and swimming. I really liked the whole swimming thing. You were into singing, right? Some? Yeah, I did that. But that was like mostly through school. Okay. Yeah. And some in church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, what was your hobbies? Or hobby or hobbies, Jeff? I don't know if I had watching TV. No, you uh, were you did the bike thing. Yeah, that's ever. what I was thinking. Yeah. The bikes. So I, I did a lot with biking, uh, you know, with, with bike. Now, some of that was just because I didn't have a whole lot of friends. And so the friends that I did, that was what their interests were. And so that was my interest, you know. So we all kind of did that together. Mm-hmm. And it was something that kind of like joined us together. Um, you know, another, I mean just animals, anything to do mm-hmm. with animals. I was mm-hmm. always around, mm-hmm. you know, um, animals. So I think I struggled with insecurities a lot and feeling accepted. And I always felt accepted when I was around dogs and cats, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe not as accepted around cats, but I still appreciated them, <laughs> but dogs especially. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, there was like a safety there with them, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. Um, but I don't know. I can't remember a whole lot of other things. I think I gravitated to things pretty heavy. Like if I'd get into something, I'd get into it. You did. Yeah. Like if you want to do the guitar, like that's all you did. Yeah. And if you want to do like running, then that's all you did. Like, yeah, you, you did. were dedicated you were, to things. You were dedicated. I remember mm-hmm. when um, skiing, you were dedicated to skiing for a while. And so whenever the skiing season was coming, we were just getting on the boat. The water was always going to be real cold. So you would take cold showers to kind of like oh, acclimate you to the cold water. I don't remember that. Like when I, I do. Were, you yeah, would take, you would take that cold now. showers. I, I, would, I spent five minutes in a cold shower just this morning. But then it was because you thought it would help you acclimate you to the cold water. Huh. You were always reading about stuff. I don't. I, I did and like then, to like, read would, things. Like read uh, something and then like do it, which yeah. I always have really admired that in you. Like I would, I lost interest in things pretty quickly. Like I needed like someone to do it with me. But like you, you just decided to do it and you would do it. You would build things. Oh, yeah. So so one little side story here was um, <laughs> whenever you invited me into something, it was rare and I really enjoyed it at those hmm. times when you would invite me in something. And it was usually just a little part and then you were like, okay, now leave. <laughs> type of thing. Um, you know, and, and that was when like no one else was around when it was just you and me, you know. And so one time you would build things. You would find these different things and start building stuff. And yeah. so you built this... Um, What's the little Morse code thing? The little oh, telegraph thing? I remember thing? that you did. And it was battery operated. And then you decided that you were going to change it to make it electric. And I was with you. <laughs> and you were downstairs in your room. 
and you changed the power to it, and you plugged it in. And I remember this <laughs> blue flame <laughs> jumping out as high as can be. Yeah. And, it, you know, we had that old shag carpet, and it burnt the shag carpet, and it just burnt this thing to a crisp, you know. Yeah. And, and that outlet never did work after that. Yeah. Um, and I remember you, you know, I'm, we're both just, like, shocked, you know, because we weren't expecting this to happen, and just shocked. And then you just turned to me and said, don't you say anything. <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying a word. Yeah, I remember that. That's hysterical. I do remember that little thing that you had. Yeah. The Morse code if thing. You don't yeah, remember it, like it for a, too a long because of, no, it did it was a piece a crisp. of, yeah. And you made, um, you, you would make instruments too. So you made like the, the little. Um, mm-hmm. The guitar looking thing. Yeah, with the metal mm-hmm. on it. Oh, um, yeah. It was like a box basically. Right. right? Our, yeah. It was a school project, I think. Like okay. Yeah, I think, project. yeah. Um. All right, so um, I think maybe, were you guys readers? Did you, were you reading books? Mm-hmm. What kind of books did you guys enjoy? Well, I remember I loved all the boxcar children. I did too. <laughs> loved all I think those. my kids have re- read yeah. those too. Uh-huh. I remember when we, fit, we found those at the library, mm-hmm. and I remember all of us going through them. Remember, we, remember the summers we would walk down to the library, we would get our books, and then we would go to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee, and then walk all the way back with our Slurpees and our books. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. We did that like almost every summer. And sometimes, um, who were those twins that we played with? She was older than me. They were your age. Joe and Cheryl. Hmm. Oh, Ty. Ty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah they would go with us sometimes. Because they didn't live that far away. They lived right. over by Teakwood Park, so they weren't too far away. Yeah, but, I remember Joe. Yeah, but they would go down there with us and then come back and... But no, I, I loved reading books, um, but those are the, that's the one that, that stands out the most to me, just yeah. loving those. Any books that stand out to you? When I was a kid, I didn't really read them yeah. that much. I wish I would have read more at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a few times Dad reading us like books, or we read one as family. That was over more on Akabek, though, so you may not remember yeah, that. Yeah, I don't remember any of they that. They were funny. Yeah, I, don't remember, I, I remember um, with Mom, Mom and I would play cards all the time. So um, whenever we were waiting for dad to come home, I guess you guys were doing something. No, I remember playing all the time too. Okay. Spades. John uh, was there too. He no, no, with us. no. This was, this was when we were, um, dinner was done and we were waiting for right. dad no, to no. get home. No, no, I know. We would all sit around and, and wait and mom would always say that as soon as we started playing, then dad would show up. Sorry, wow, that's that my coffee loud. pot. Sorry, that's my um, coffee pot. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember on the couch, like we would play Old Maid and we'd play well, yeah. um, Goldfish. Yeah. And things like that. I remember mom and I just playing cards. Oh. I don't remember the playing spade with John. No. I remember playing spade with John Dodd, but I don't remember no, waiting but for we, No, but we, we would do that a lot. And then I remember a couple times that we did that, and then we would find Grumpy up on the table. <laughs> that only happened like twice. Hmm. That we were out there playing in the family room, playing cards, hmm. waiting for dad. And then oh. Grumpy would up on the table, kitchen. and he was like eating the salads. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah. I, I do remember one other hobby I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be going and visiting the older people in our neighborhood, which were mostly that. Yep. And they would mm-hmm. give me candy yes. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I, I had a, a talent of eating as much as I could on the short little walk home. Yes, you did. And then I would split the remainder of it <laughs> with you guys. I do. I remember that. But believe me, I ate like... <laughs> Yeah, majority of it. Well, I know because a lot of it came from Mr. Mrs. Mueller next they door. Did. Like whenever yeah. our ball went in the yard, we'd have to go over there and knock on their door to get it, and they would always give us candy. But I used to spend time with them, and, and Mr. Nice. Mueller was just a neat, 
they yes. both were really neat. And he yeah. would, um, I would be down in his basement and he had all kinds of things from the old country, he would say. He did. And on he his would walls. show me and stuff. And then he'd play the harmonica for me. And he had mm. all these different harmonicas. Some of them were huge. Mm. And he would play those things. And he would, you know, just different stuff that he had from the old country, he would say. He was just a neat, neat he man. He was German, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, they would give me like a paper bag, you know, full of candy. And so I would not cut through the grass. I would walk out of there, you know, down mm-hmm. their steps and everything, go to the sidewalk as slow as I could, just shoving stuff in my mouth. They were so nice. I loved them. They were such yeah. sweet, sweet They people. were. They were wonderful. Yeah. They were neat people. Um, how did you guys leave home? Like, I just, um, I joined the Navy, and that's how I left. Um, did you leave at marriage or before yeah, that? At marriage. At marriage? I got married and left. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how old were you when you? Eighteen. Eighteen. Mm-hmm. And how did you leave home? Jeff? College. College. Okay, that's when you left. Mm-hmm. You guys ready to field some questions from our kids? Sure. Sure. All right. Let me see what I got on here first. Um. So I asked them the last night. Um, let's see. Under immediate Jackson family Facebook group. <laughs> okay. Billy says, um, I want to know what growing up in the city was like. So we were in South City mm-hmm. until I was um, in around third grade, I guess. No, I was in third grade. You were in third grade? Mm-hmm. Then I was in fourth, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah, because I went from Mrs. Winkler's class to Mrs. Judiman. No, you were two years older than me in school, weren't you? Maybe so. What year did you graduate in high school? 85? Probably. Oh <laughs> Around 85. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think you were, although we were 18 months apart in age, I think, it was I think because years. of what, I think you were two years ahead of me. So I was in, in fifth school. grade then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. we were always the youngest in our class. Right, we were. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what I remember of the city, growing up in the city, um, I remember um, somehow p- being in people's homes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing with a kid, or um, I remember people sitting out on their porch sometimes, people across the street. I remember the people next door to us, and John Dodd lived next door, and mm-hmm. there was um, Margie down the street who was an alcoholic, and mm-hmm. she had, we'd have to be careful, you didn't want to give her a bottle of Listerine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or vanilla. Or, that was yeah. when vanilla was pure. Vanilla, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember the neighborhood cat. Puss in Boots, I think. Yeah. And, that was Big Margie's cat. I mean, we had two Margies. We called right. one Little Margie and <laughs> yeah. one Big Margie, which is <laughs> that's a terrible way to distinguish them, but it was true. And yeah, yeah Big Margie had the cat. Right. I remember Ollie's. Um, yeah. Bicycle, biking around, and we had like a an uncle down the alley. Mm-hmm. So that's what I remember of the city. How uncle. was he an uncle, by the way? I don't know. It, or was he a cousin? No, yeah. Or was it great? You're, you're talking uncle? about Ted and Nadine Sanders. Yeah. yeah. I I don't remember exactly, but I don't even know whose side it was on. Huh. I think it was I on dad's. Dad's, dad's yeah, side. Dad's side. Mm-hmm. You guys have anything about what it was like living in the city? I remember. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good memories. There was always a sense of kind of being a little unsafe. Oh, really? You know okay. that I I remember. You know. Um, you know, so it's like the friend next door. I don't know his name, but I remember that was an unsafe friend. Kenny. <laughs> Kenny. 
Kenny. He was Beth and Lisa's like little cousin. Okay. He was a terror. So I remember that was being unsafe yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because you wanted to go play, but you were really kind of you know clear if you're going to come back, you know, because he would throw stuff at your head and things like that. I got pelted in the head a couple times with bricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I remember that. I remember um, everything was so close to each other, mm-hmm. you know, and people were outside a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I had a little girlfriend. I'm like four years old. How did I have a little girlfriend? Little girlfriend across the street. The street. Yeah, across you know, the street. That's I right. I don't know her name or anything, but well, she gave me my first kiss. She was, there was there was a couple that lived across the street, an older couple, Cecil, and I don't know. Yeah, was, he had a bunch of kids. Okay, bunch of kids, and they right, would right. fight sometimes in the streets. I remember that, but I think it was one of their kids' daughter. And then yeah. and then I remember I loved it. There were all the teenage girls. That would like, you know, fight mm-hmm. over me, mm-hmm. and you know, that was always something I enjoyed. <laughs> a four-year-old, yeah, you know, or younger, you know. Right. I would just remember that that as a little Lisa kid. Lisa Siegel. They always wanted to carry you around. They would carry me around, yeah, and I, I enjoyed them. it, and I enjoyed them them fighting over me. So yeah, right. Anything for you? Well, I definitely remember the alleys, and I love yeah. the alleys. That's one of the reasons I like. Newtown so much is because it has alleys. And I'm like, this reminds me of South St. Louis. So I love the alleys, riding up and down. I loved going on bike rides. I remember we all had bikes and mm-hmm. all the neighborhood kids did. And so just the bikes are just running around the alleys. I, I also remember like two other things. I remember that when the fire department, I guess, would come and they would open up the fire hydrants and yeah. water would oh, just yeah. spray yeah, and we'd play right. in that. All the kids would just come outside. That was fun. And then I remember too, like you would always have people coming through the street selling stuff. So you'd have the fruit hmm. guy. That's how you got guy, your cat. That'd be, yes. Maybe Midnight. Yes. So oh, yeah, there was a lady that yeah. came through in a station wagon that's that had a right. whole bunch of cats. And you got one. Yeah, that's right. And then mm-hmm. um, um, Wayne, I think, from next door, um, Wayne Dodd got one. Right. A big black one. And you got Midnight, a little one. Mm-hmm. Put her in the house and she hid downstairs and we couldn't see her. We <laughs> didn't was... find her for years. No, but yeah, but people, but remember like we'd had like the snow cone guy come, the yeah. ice cream guy come that would do the soft serve ice cream. And then the guy that would come that would do more like the popsicles. And then we had like, like the fruit guy, you could buy watermelon. The guy would come by to sharpen knives. Uh, I mean, there was always like activity, you know, because there was so much going on in the streets, but I do. I remember, I remember that. And I remember one time I was like, I had a really bad fever and the snow cone guy came by. And I remember dad got me a snow cone because that would help with my fever. I remember that snow cone guy. Yeah. seemed like there was always something going on, mm-hmm. you know, out like on the streets and mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there was. And then, um, then, then there was people with different cultures. I remember as a kid. Yes, yes. So like out in the backyard, I remember in, um, when we were walking um, through the alleys. I think you and I were walking. We saw the pig. Pig roast. Yes. That was out there. The huge pig roast. And so that was something that was really interesting. I remember walking mm-hmm. slow as you're kind of like, what's yeah. going on? The pig's got an apple in his mouth yeah. and they're run, doing it on a spigot. Like they're, uh-huh. yeah, I remember that. That lady made amazing bread, by the way. She would bring it to school hmm. sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, the next question, see, that last question came from Billy. This Thank question you, comes Billy. from, I'm not pregnant. Oh, that must be. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Um, why are you? <laughs> um, why are you so quiet and they're so talkative? Who asked that? Ellie. Gracie. Ellie. Oh, Ellie did. Yeah. Oh. I think when she was expecting, um, she put like, "I'm pregnant," 
as a way to tell us all on Facebook and the, the group. And then after she gave birth, you know, then she changed it to I'm not pregnant. So oh, her name, her name. Yeah. But Got it's, it. I think it's Ellie judging by the little picture that I can't Got see it. real good, but Got how it. come I'm so quiet and you guys are so talkative. So what do you guys think? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the problem (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't picture myself as being unusually quiet Um, but like you know my my discipleship group at one point we were just talking about one another and some guy said you're very careful in what you say you just don't talk freely and he wasn't he wasn't meaning it as a compliment you know like sometimes it is like be careful what you say he was saying yeah that's I don't know. Can you loosen up? <laughs> but I don't picture myself as being like, um, you know, it'd be weird just to view ourselves from the outside somehow. That's hard to do. But um, why am I so quiet? Um, I don't know. <laughs> don't got much to say. <laughs> it's just the way God made you. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. a different. I think it's just yeah. differences, you know? I don't yeah. know. Okay, well, we'll go on then. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm getting a phone call. Okay, um, next question. Um, Ruthie says, I'd like to hear briefly how each of you came to Christ and maybe some about the churches you were a part of growing up. So we talked a little bit about church, or at least mm-hmm. some people in church. I shared a little bit how I came to Christ just to add to that, I did have a spell when I was younger where I was trying to get myself saved somehow. I got baptized. I went forward. Um, I went was in the meeting with the deacons where they ask you questions and see if you know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And I was just really eager to please and say the right answers and stuff. And then um, I you know, shared my concerns with mom, and uh, she gave me some tracks to read. So I would read the tracks, and I would pray the prayer, and I would think, if I could just believe hard enough, shazam, something would happen. And I'd read through that prayer, and I'd pray, and i think, you know, it was a frustrating time of my life. I think I was around nine. And then I just kind of put all that behind me and just kind of went on with my life. And and, it, and then when I was 18, you know, just at that kind of low time and really it hitting me, I was morally disgusting. That's when a real spiritual thing happened with me. Mm-hmm. Well, what about you guys? Um, how did how was your? So we grew up in church, but as far as like um, it becoming personally meaningful, where we it wasn't just our growing up experience. But how did it happen for you guys? So I remember being in church, and. Um, uh, so I was eight at the time, and I was in church. Um, I don't remember the, all the details of the message, but I remember I was just really pulled in to it. And at the end, they were giving you know the altar call. And I told mom, I was sitting next to mom, I was like, I need to go forward. And I was, and I was so shy at that time to think about actually even going forward was something that's like terrifying to me that I would never do. I'd be shaking, you know, I would physically shake when I would do stuff like that. But I was just so, I wanted to go forward and mom wouldn't let me go forward. Hmm. Um, but there was something there. What it, I mean, I knew that I was a sinner. It just clicked that I was a sinner and that I needed, I, like I needed to go forward to give my life to Christ. 
And so um, that afternoon at church, they didn't wait. They had um, Pastor Keller came over, <laughs> and we talked through it. <laughs> and I remember in my mindset, my mind was like, okay, yeah, I just need to go. I just need to do this. I need to say yes to, to God is what I was saying. And it was almost like the asking the questions. It was like, okay, let's just get through this because I know I needed to do this. So that was my f- first step. And I, and I remember going through, and I remember how excited I was when that occurred. I remember going to um, neighbors and uh, several different neighbors and talking to them about what happened. Oh, wow. Um, so I remember all of that. Then... Um, and, I, and I think really my motivation at that point was I knew I was a sinner. I knew I needed Christ. Um, and I knew I was going to go to hell without him. And I believed it, you know. And so that was at that point. After that, I remember writing, reading my Bible a little bit, um, but not a whole lot. But I didn't have any growth, you know, didn't have a lot of growth at that point. I had a lot of excitement right at first, and then the excitement kind of wore off. And um, as I started growing up in the church and everything, I felt like um, like I was denying Christ throughout, and there was always this unsettling thing, and I would have fears and concerns. And I remember at one point when I was a teenager, um, uh, early teenage, I felt like um, maybe I had uh, said no to the Holy Spirit so many times that He wasn't going to, you know, keep on urging me to follow Him and things like that. Um, and it was whenever we went to Arnold. So the church, I think mom and dad did a very wise thing. We were in Compton Heights. There really wasn't anything for me at that point. There was no youth group. And then we went to Arnold. And at Arnold, that's where I started growing, um, started getting into my Bible, and um, things started becoming dynamic. I remember um, Buddy Perstrobe was someone who was very influential in my life at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved Buddy, and we would talk about the Bible. And, um, and that's when I just started like growing in Christ. And then it was in college that I took a whole new step at that point. And, um, at, at that point, that's where I started like, um, my, I think my foundation of my beliefs and my relationship with Christ started getting much more solidified at, at that point. Okay. Hmm. What, what about yourself, Cindy? So I remember like when I got, I guess I was about the age of nine, just really thinking, well, you know, I, I need to make a decision for Christ. Like I would think about, and I, and I would listening to the sermons and I think I was really working on my heart, but I think my motivation initially to do it was because it was the right thing to do. (laughs) And I knew it was the right thing to do. And I knew everything, but I didn't really like, I don't know. I, I don't think I had like my heart had clicked in, but anyway, so I just kept thinking about it and just, I think I was under conviction from the Holy Spirit. Um, and then I had decided, but I was really afraid about like, you know, walking down the aisle and telling Pastor Harmon that I, <laughs> I was just, just nervous and afraid and shy about all that. So I remember the, the night that it happened and, um, the Mrs. Mr. Remember Mrs. Myers, Juanita and Mrs. Myers. Mm-hmm. So their son, well, Mrs. Myers' son, Juanita's brother, preached that night, and he was a missionary from Chile, and he preached and talked about how I mean, just really did a, I guess, just a, a message on salvation, and talked about how you know we may compare ourselves to other people and things like that, but you know, compared to Jesus, we all fall short, and this is why we need him. So it really helped me sort of. I think understand my need. And I just remember just becoming so broken 
during that service. And I was like, I'm, it gave me the motivation. Like, I think I really did understand that I needed Christ. And so it gave me that motivation. So I, uh, I went down that night, walked down and I remember I got down there and I remember I couldn't say anything. I just like, just came overcome with like tears. I just remember not having a Kleenex and like snot was everywhere and just being like really, really, um, I guess it just all kind of broke for me, you know, where I just felt like I needed Christ and I had that gratitude and, and all that understanding and everything and the need sort of all came together for me. But I, uh, uh, and I remember even after that, like reading my Bible and when I got a little older, read my Bible and knowing that God was speaking to me and, um, really trying to pursue him. I think there was a lot of things that happened in my high school years, some of the friends that I had and, and just different things with, that really sort of um, wanted me to be intentional, I think, about my relationship with Christ. But, of course, it's changed and it's ebbed and it's flowed. And, you know, I'm certainly not the same person then that I was now. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there was times I had doubts and I had things, you know, I was questioning things. But I guess, um, I guess my, it really is a relationship. And I guess just how I know Christ now is different because of, you know, what we've got to go through together. Mm-hmm. So, side thing. It seemed like as kids, you know, from my perspective growing up, Cindy, being good came easy to you. And it was something that um, was natural and it just was there. You were the, the good one. Will, you are the one that um, didn't really care about being good and did his own thing, you know, um, growing up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I was not good. Um, how did I feel about that, though? Um, I don't know. I felt like I was in a trap of being bad, kind of. <laughs> okay. And then I think I was the most despicable one because I could, like, change based on the situation or whatever else. So, like, I was the one that could um, put on the facade of wherever I was, you know, and kind of, like, merge back and forth and, you know... Your uh, your brokenness, you didn't hide like things that we're doing. I hid my stuff, you know, and then Cindy just things just kind of came good. So it was funny. We grew up in the same different household. We were at different. We had different experiences though because we came at different times, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think us three, you know, even though there's similarities, personalities, or whatever else, there's a lot of a lot of differences, you mm-hmm. know. So I always wondered. How you know, I didn't want to be ever compared to you, Cindy. I just think that's so funny because, like, I don't remember like being like, I don't remember being a bad kid, but I don't remember being a good kid either. I just remember being kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't ever remember, like, I remember trying to grow closer to God, but I don't remember like saying, Oh, I'm gonna do this because this is gonna be good. I don't remember that. So, I think it's just funny when you say, Well, you were good, it came naturally. It's just, like, it kind of, seemed like funny. it came naturally from my perspective perspective you, you know? were a, a social person yes. who yeah wanted to connect with others and care for others and stuff yeah i did and i still do and i'll give my phone number out the end of this podcast <laughs> no, i'm just joking <laughs> okay so we have but thanks um, for sharing that jeff that's i think that's really helpful for like not only to share that but also for other people to hear that too you know because i think that's something that probably all of us to some degree struggle with and it just people just need the freedom to be able to say that um, okay, this also, I believe, comes from Ellie. She says, um, 
I'd also love a performance of the songs you used to sing. No, my keep sp- going. My special request is Bottoms Up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ellie? No, no, we can't do that. Don't, do you not want people to follow you on this podcast? Do you know how many people are going to lo- follow I think, you? I think we lost them already. So we might- <laughs> yeah, this is kind of going long. I think this is just really for us, you know, in some ways. But Bottoms Up. Mm-hmm. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that and that's it. it. That okay. was that was it. Um, so that's Dad wrote that song. He's right. the author. Well, he also that. wrote. You stepped on my heart, but you you stepped on my toe, but you broke my heart. Oh, oh baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Master of lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, he had uh, and has a uh, well, kind those, of like a joking around side to him, like mm-hmm. with us kids. Like that, and that was like whenever we had company around and everything. I always with the singing. Well, not the no, song singing. Not no, the no, singing. no. But the jokes. Oh, like okay, there was always right. the jokes. You he, know, he liked stories. See, and I don't joke, think but... you remember that, but I don't think it was just around company. I think it was at other times too. I think it, maybe it was just harder to always maybe distinguish some of that as a kid. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think there was a real playful side there. Now, Ruthie says, I'd also like to hear about your relationships with your grandparents and great grandparents. Not that I haven't heard about them. I just love to hear about them. And since this is like for posterity's sake. Oh, that's sweet. So I mentioned um, Grandpa Laramore, mm-hmm. Grandma Laramore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, um, yeah, they're um, like the relationship with God. You know, and their they, relationship with each other. Yes, I was just thinking that. Hmm. I think both of our grandparents like really, really loved each other, mm-hmm. and they manifested and showed it in different ways, right? But Grandpa and Grandma Laramore, like theirs was like so sweet, like yeah, all the tender. time. And like Grandpa, like he, you could tell that like, he just loved Grandma Laramore so mm-hmm. much. Just really sweet. Well, my mom yeah. used to say that because Grandma was so young when they got married, and mm-hmm. Grandpa was quite a bit older. He was 13 mm-hmm. years older, mm-hmm. that um, he took care of her. And then when he got older, yeah. she took care of him. Yep. And so they were, um, they were always so loving with each other. And um, it was neat to see. Yeah. That, w- that was something that really, I think, affected me. Was just watching them. Well, and at the end of Grandpa's life, how Grandma like tried to bring him home, but she couldn't. But she needed to know that she tried. And then, like every day, she went and spent every single day and with they him. They would always she'd always be holding his hand. They'd I be holding like, hands, yeah. and she'd be rubbing mm-hmm. his hand and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. they're always so tender and loving with each other. I mean, they modeled love um, in such a great way. Yeah. And then um, Grandpa Jackson was my hero growing up. Um. I wanted to spend as much time as I could with Grandpa Jackson. And so um, I remember we would go down there like on a Sunday or whatever and come into church. Like you guys would all sit back in the back. But my first thing was I'm going to go up there and sit in between Grandpa and Grandma. (laughs) But I loved watching him. And so I remember his big hands. His hands Mm, were so big. mm. And that one thumb. His thumb. His thumb was like, you know, so his fingers were so big yeah. that, you know, he's such a strong guy, but he couldn't turn those papers. And with, you know, his, he couldn't just turn the papers of the hymnal or the Bible like regular. And he would just take his thumb and it just would slide one paper over, one page over, one page over, you know. Um, and I remember watching him um, so much that um, I, I used to talk about that. And there was someone who I dated in high school. Um, Beth, who actually wrote a poem 
about his hands because of my conversation with the things that I had Did said. Did you about ever him. see this poem? I don't remember the poem, but I remember her writing it. I don't remember what, what it was said. it called. Big hands, man hands. I don't remember the specifics <laughs> of it. No. But um, thanks, for, thanks for sharing, Jeff. <laughs> but he was Grandpa was a quiet man. But whenever um, we were together alone, my role was to get him to start talking because he could tell you stories after stories, and they were so much fun, his mm, stories mm-hmm. that he would tell you. And when he would get going, he would tell you great stories. Remember how he used to yodel? Yeah. We'd always try to get him to yodel. Mm-hmm. But he would tell me all kinds of stories about when he was a kid, mm-hmm. and I loved those stories. So spending time with him was really a special thing for me. I remember his breakfasts. Grandma made the biscuits, but he made the eggs and the bacon. Oh, my goodness, they were so good. I remember, Grandma's biscuits, Grandma Jackson's biscuits, were by far the best in the entire world. Grandpa and Grandma Jackson used to bicker, yeah. you know, all the time with little things. But then they showed so much love with each other. Yeah. He'd always take care of her, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd always, like, you know, hold her arm when they were walking and help her into the car. And, you know, he was yeah. such a gentleman. And then they would have these little tiny bickers, you know. It wasn't fight or anything. No. It was just, like, a little tiny bicker type yeah. of thing, you know. Um that was just how they related to each other. Yeah, but it, it was yeah. it was neat. You know, I remember just... Grandma Copeland really well, and um, I don't remember Great Grandma and Grandma Jackson very well. I remember going to his funeral, and I remember going to their house one time, and then I remember Grandma Jackson a little bit when she got older. But I mean, Great Grandpa and Grandma Jackson. But I remember Grandma Copeland a ton, and I loved her. I loved her. I loved the fact that she was named Arizona. <laughs> I love just the, she just seemed like she had like um, a tender side, but she also had like a real fierce side. And maybe I don't, I mean, I'm remembering this as a kid, but I I really, really liked, I liked her house. I liked, I liked everything about her, I think. And so, I remember the fact she, she had no limits on the sugar. Yeah. Well, that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. So I was so small whenever we were there. So my memories of her are not very strong. But what is strong is how I, she like would bend down to see you, and she was so happy mm-hmm. to see you. And then the next thing after she was giving you hugs and things like that, and so happy was she's throwing out the candy. <laughs> yeah, I remember the one time she gave me a box of chocolate covered cherries, and I was like, "I get this whole box." And then she was like, "Here, do you want another box too?" Because I got so so happy <laughs> about that time. Mom rounded the corner, put it into the second box. <laughs> But I don't. Did we? I don't remember great grandparents on Grandma and Grandpa Laramore's no, side. I, I think they were all had passed away, or maybe they passed away while we were young. I don't remember any. Great I don't parents. remember great. You know, Grandma Copeland. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, did you have any questions that uh, Cassidy or Alyssa wanted you to ask? Uh, okay. Well, Alyssa was the one who had suggested the round robin thing. Uh, okay. Cassidy said, "Oh, she wanted to know." What was the hardest part of having parents that ran a family business? We had to be home. All, Mom had to be home all the time. Yeah, that's Or someone one. had to be home because we always had to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the good things about it was as a little kid, you learned how to cook breakfast or whatever else. Like during the summer, Mom would be working early. Now, you would wake up to that typewriter because she would be... De- so I was downstairs. My room was right next to their office. Mm. And that yeah. old typewriter, it was so loud, you know, mm-hmm. and it would like, you felt like you were just shaking in bed as, with every little tap, you know, so that would wake me up typically, but I'd go up and she'd have like breakfast ready for you to cook. Right. 
right. you know? So she had, and mom was so, she'd always have things prepped, you know? Mm-hmm. She was she was so prepared with all the little things. Mm-hmm. So, but it was fun. I always enjoyed going up and fixing breakfast and things like that with mm-hmm. the stuff that she had. That the pancake batter would be yeah, right Yeah, it there. was all in a jar and everything ready Do for you Do you guys to go. remember when she we would get those turnovers? Oh, I'd love to remember <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I love those. I, I think about that. Sometimes. And like the last one, there was always an odd number, and the last one, yeah, she was split three that. ways. <laughs> oh, or the best was when she'd make a pie, she'd save the pie crust and roll it into those cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. rolls. I she do would, that too because I, re- I have such fond memories yes. of that. I do that for Amelia. Yes, I haven't made a pie crust in a long time, but I used to do that too when I did. And remember how they'd be sitting like there on the oven? On top of the stove, the stove top. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. And we'd have to like make sure that everybody got one. Like, we were always counting. I think we we, kept, we didn't have good boundaries. We were like, if nobody well, made us count, we'd eat them all. And then there was the things that, you know, would be in the refrigerator that would have the fingerprint in it of someone, one of us three, putting their finger into the pie. Listen, or I have tactile issues, okay? <laughs> I got to touch stuff. That's how I learn. I touch. No, but um, I think, yes, your points are good about the family business. I think it, it, I think what I remember the most was how hard dad worked. Yes. How hard mom worked and how she basically gave up a lot of her freedoms because she couldn't leave the phone, right? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like we had a voicemail or, or even if they did have capacity for voicemail, but didn't want to run the business that way where their customers were getting voicemails. Um, and I do remember... Uh, I should say voicemail. Back in that day, would have been an answering machine. Right. Uh, and then um, I do re- remember, though, like learning about things. Like when I got older, I would answer the phone so mom could go out and how people would call. And she showed me mm-hmm. how to do bids and different things like that. I, I We'd think, have to take the, yeah, the bids, yeah. the prices coming in. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think what I, uh, I wouldn't say what was the hardest part, but I think like what I learned was just the value of hard work. Like mm-hmm. I think. I have a pretty strong work ethic, and I think that came from watching mom and dad run the business. Whereas I don't think, like, if they would have been, like, if we would have been, if they didn't have that and we weren't, like, so close and personal, I don't know if we would have seen it in the same way that we saw. And then also just the integrity with which they they treated their customers. You know, so um, people are always surprised that I've never had a family vacation Mm. when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, and everyone would have their family vacations. But we always had the weekends right, with the we boat did. and things like that. We and did. that's how that was was different. But dad yeah. never took time off. Remember mm-hmm. when he had his surgeries and things like that? Mm-hmm. That was always a challenge to try to find someone to run the business for him. But when right. you have a one-man business, mm-hmm. that's, right. that's a, a, you know, you don't have a lot of freedoms when you're doing that. I remember also too, like, you know, the one time that dad got really sick, something, I guess something from a gas had come back up into the cab of his truck oh, and yeah. he went to the emergency room. And I remember coming home and Stella Fowler answering the door and I was like, mom's not here. Like I knew something was wrong because Stella Fowler was there at the door, you mm-hmm. know, she was late from our church. And so, but I, I do, I remember, you know, something or the time the gas truck exploded. Where he and got on fire. We got on fire. I mean, there was some, God was definitely watching out for him. Yeah, he was transferring gas from one truck to another truck, and I think the line caught yeah, on fire. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I remember at the times where um, mom would be working down at the um, office. Oh, on yeah. Daring. She did that once one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we would get to um, play in all the dirty. And all that. Gas, yeah, grease, oil, all over we the place. We played in all that. And we'd climb up those ladders and get uh-huh, up on those big walk. tanks, the catwalk. And then, do you guys remember that they had that old Pepsi machine down there? Yeah, and mm-hmm. we sometimes would get a soda and we'd like go down through all yeah. those little slide like rack things. You get to pull it out. That yeah. was a big deal. 
I just remember how dirty that place was. It's disgusting. Yeah. So filthy. Even the was sink fun. was dirty. Yeah. But but did it? Uh, my dad like kind of shared that with other people for a period of time because I remember like later maybe it was just us, but I remember like other people going down there all the time, being down there too. I don't remember that. I do. I think maybe people stored their trucks and stuff. I remember, like he, he, he did have there was like a Mac truck that I always liked looking at. Mac truck, that's a uh, dump truck, I think it was that someone had stored their mm. truck there. I remember people coming in and out. Um, I remember the train mm-hmm. that would go right behind it and always like getting excited when the train would come by and we'd always want to run out and see if we could get the guy in the caboose to wave to us. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember being so scared of heights and then I would see Will, who wasn't scared of heights, you know, or at least she didn't show it, up there on that catwalk. And so I didn't want, you know, I would just be holding on to that thing real tight, but I wanted to work through my fears. Wow, but you were know? you like four up there walking around? You had to be little. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I was working through my fears too. Um, I was just older than you. <laughs> I would be, I'd crawl just a couple little, you know, like a couple feet crawling up there. And that was about the best I could well, do. I think we, we knew it was dangerous. Like we were told probably, I don't know if we were told not to get up there, but I think we knew to be careful while we were up there. So mm-hmm. that probably was part of it. You were trying to be careful. <laughs> I, I was terrified. <laughs> well, um, Anything else before we wrap up? It's been about. But you had eight kids. You only had three questions. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. Um, yeah, but I think we covered a lot of. Ground. I think we did. I think we, you know, if someone has made it from the very beginning to the end of this, then that's a lot of dedication. That is a lot of dedication. Ooh. Let's give so, them a break now. <laughs> yeah. So I think we can maybe now. No one's really listening anymore. Yeah. You know. So, so we, we should end like, with the song. Is that well, what you're we, saying? No, we can like you know say anything we want now because no one's going to be listening. Right. But um, unless we'll edit it as this portion, and I never edit it. Become you okay. never. Ed- so this is not going to be edited. Are you kidding me right all. now? No, I'm not kidding. No. Oh boy. I apologize. We, we probably have. There's then there, if that's the case, if you're not going to edit this, there is no way that anybody is still listening. I'm um, just a, a podcast or two ago. Um, there's this fella, and he was kind of joking around. Uh, he said, "I bet you're like one of those um, pounce journalists. You know, you're you're just act all nice, and then and then it's like you pounce with this question or something." <laughs> I had like pressed the record button and caught all of that. <laughs> And then he said, go ahead, go ahead, let's go. <laughs> I didn't edit any of it out. <laughs> That's how it started. Then you need to change your name from like everyday conversations or whatever. It needs to be un- uncensored, like real big. Ahead of it. So this could be like your new angle on things. Like you're recording and nobody knows until it comes out on air. I like yeah. that. No, I don't, I don't think, I, I think in summary, I'm going to summarize the last hour. How long sure. have we been talking? I'm going to summarize the last hour. Sure. Okay, I can't do it. But <laughs> I think in summary for myself, I think it's good to stop and reflect, right? And to think about it. Because I mean, I think there's a lot of blessings in that, a lot of things that we've learned. Um, I feel very, very fortunate um, for so many different reasons of just how we were raised, who raised us, who we had access to, how God blessed us, everything like that. But um, I'm just going to say I always did hold out that I would get a little sister some way. But anyway... I like being your guys' sister, and you guys are great brothers. Thank oh. you. Well, thank you. You're a great sister. Thank you. You're you a great brother. To, you have to thank say you. that. Diddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, um, and just reflecting back, you know, I think the fact that we were in church all the time. It's like, you know, I remember yep. 
dad's open, you know, we're unlocking the doors, you know, um, we were the consistent ones throughout that, mm-hmm. that time there, mm-hmm. you know, and especially when the church was in decline. And I know it was really challenging for them to leave when we did switch over church to, to mm-hmm. Arnold. And mm-hmm. I know I was their motivation. And so I'm really grateful for that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, um, you know, I, like we were talking about before, the fact that we had people in our house and our lives and that made it very dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, we were on the boat all the time and we not just doing that ourselves, but always having someone new mm-hmm. that was coming there. Um, those are the memories that I think I have a, a, a ton of is just the interactions with people, even outs- people outside of our family. Mm-hmm. And so that was very meaningful growing up. I, um, like I feel like a lot of my memories have escaped me, you know. <laughs> but um, pictures sometimes tell me a lot, and um, there was this one picture that um, kind of impressed me, um, and it's a picture from back in Acmac, and it it was someone standing in front of the fireplace. It could have been you, Jeff, or maybe someone else, um, but I could see the writing. It was like in kind of old English type of font, you know, dad painted Mm -hmm. it across the top of the fireplace. Uh, Christ is the head of this home or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So that tells me a lot about, um, you know, our our parents and their, Mm -hmm. what their heart and so forth uh, to, you know, paint that and, you know, want to emphasize that. And I think that that's like really true. I mean, they carried on that, that legacy right from their parents and, you know, I hope that we've done everything that we can or continue to do so to carry that down to our kids. And, you know, and I hope that our kids do the same. Like they feel that same sort of like intentionality to carry on the legacy of faith. Cause we do, we have a long legacy of faith, especially when you think about not just from like our, but our lineage, but like from, you know, our grandparents and their parents mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, it, it's impacted who we are today. I mean, 1000% and it impacts eternity. And so I do, I think that that's, if our children are still listening, <laughs> that was the one thing I, I really hope. I hope that the legacy of faith that grand, mom and dad were so intentional about implanting within us, that that, you know, that, that continues. And you think about it, too. We have, um, with the Jackson family, you know, um, you, you look at the, the history that one of our cousins put together, you know, mm-hmm. and it talks about um, all the wild, crazy people. And then there's one person that comes in. Mm-hmm. That um, she changes the dynamic, you know, from from there on. Yeah. Um, and um, by being a person of faith, you know, and um, basically a strong woman, cleaning mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. you know, and you have everything kind of changed from there. So I think we have a lot of bless, you know, a lot to be thankful for, for someone who we've never met before. And what I was her name? I can't remember her name right now. I mean, we know it was Jackson, but still, we don't. But, um, I think I think she married Sheep Eye. I believe that was his what second wife or um, oh maybe like that, that was his second that's right because he got married again that's right so uh, anyway I can't remember the specifics but huh. um, one person who made a one dynamic person. change that I'm sure she wasn't you know didn't did, wasn't doing it like knowing that this was going to change generations from there but you think of our actions right now and and our influence on our kids and others around us that that is something that can change. Mm-hmm generations from here on out 
You never know what might happen. One way or the other. I mean, the opposite could be true too, right? (laughs) It could be, unfortunately, yeah. But that's... We don't want to think about that because we're commissioning our children right now to not let that happen. You know. Um, And then you think of the Laramore family. Mm -hmm. And again, their testimony of faith was something that it's had a great, tremendous influence on me. Mm -hmm. um, Because you see the... Like, I witnessed this genuineness of their faith and the tenderness of it and that relationship with Christ, you know, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to name Amelia, you know, Nora after because mm-hmm. I wanted to tell her story, you know, so her middle name is Nora. So wanted to tell her stories of the person she was named after mm-hmm. and because of the influence that she had in my life mm-hmm. um, with her faith walk and things like that. So I think there are a lot of blessings here with our family. Well, thank you, both of you, Cindy and Jeff. Did a good job. Thank you. 